Welcome to Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Breaker, back again with another episode, y'all. Y'all know what time it is. Um, you're about to listen to part two of Rivals, right? You know the show about a father and son as rival gang members. Uh, in part one, you know, I read a letter that Chris had written me, uh, giving me permission to share his story about how his surroundings influenced his behavior. Now, in episode two, I'm going to be reading another letter that I got from Chris, you know what I'm saying, about this. But this letter is a little different because it's going to be talking about how Chris became a gangster. He had to learn to become a gangster. So the story is evolving, and he's showing you what it takes, what it's going to require. And it's a total lifestyle change. It's something that a child, no child, should be allowed to choose. because I wasn't in any shape to enjoy the festivities. I just sit on the couch and just watched everybody. You know what I'm saying? And my mother, she pulled me to the side to tell me what I should get ready for, how this thing was going to play out. She let me know that my pops was my blesser. And a blesser is who you under, right? This is who you're going to be under when you come into the fam, right? So everything that I did, anything that I did was going to fall on him, good or bad. If it's good, he get credit. If it's bad, he's going to get blamed. So I had to be taught everything. Everything that I did was going to fall on him. So I got to learn what it like to be a gangster, right? So Steve had been appointed to teach me. This is the other young brother, if you remember back in episode one, right, that he's talking about in the letter. Steve is going to be responsible for teaching him, right? So over the next six weeks, Chris is on lockdown. Can't come out, can't do nothing, right? He has to learn the mandatory things that a gangster, any gangster, has to learn, right? He has to learn the language. He has to learn the handshake. He has to learn the history of the organization. And he has to do all of this in six weeks. And then he has to go in front of his pops and quote everything back to him as his pop questions him. And if he doesn't get it right, he gets punished and he goes back on isolation, back on lockdown, at his home, of course, but he don't get to come out. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. So anyway, back to what Chris was saying. He had no idea that this was gonna happen, right? He didn't know that he had to be taught how to be a gangster. So what he did, he learned about the organization. He learned when it started, how it started, why it started, who started, the rules, the, the, all the things that govern the behavior 
of a gangster. I don't think most people out there understand that because when you look at, and you see somebody that's saying they're a gangster, whether it be Crip, Blood, Vice Lord, GD, whatever the case may be, you think they're just going about their business and doing whatever they want to do. They wear these certain colors, they do these certain things. That's not what it is. They had laws that they had to go by. They got to do certain things, they couldn't do certain things, and he had to know these things. He had to know, even something as fundamental as how to communicate with another gangster. He had to learn that. Remember back in episode one, when he talked about his parents and, and the other parents who used to come to the school, how they used to communicate with each other with sign language and saying certain things? Now he's having to learn that. He has to, and if he don't learn that, he's not gonna really understand. So his life, he has to give up. His life is gonna be consumed with learning what it's like to be a gangster. And at the end of the six weeks, he was brought in front of his pops, right? And he says, look, I was brought in front of my pops to answer any questions that he had about, you know, what I had learned, right? And what he had been studying. He said he was so nervous that he was shaking. He was so nervous that he was shaking, but he couldn't get mad. He couldn't just walk away. That's not what it is now. Now, not now when it came to the business, not this business, GD business, the business of the organization. He can't just turn his back and walk away and say, I don't want to hear this, right? This was his time to step up and let everybody know that was there, that he knew what it like to be a gangster and he wanted to be a part of this lifestyle. So that's what he did. This was his life now, good or bad. And according to the teachings, he had to submit to the organization. He had to submit to the organization. Now, a child, barely 15, barely 15, do you think they really understand that? I don't think so. I don't think so. So after he answered all the questions, he answered everything that his pops had for him, right? And he passed. It's like taking a test. He passed the test. Now he was good. You know what I'm saying? He was allowed to run the streets with the other brothers that were his age. But he didn't know what to expect. He didn't know what they did all day. But now he was about to learn. He was about to learn, right? So one day, he was out walking the streets when a car came by, flying. And it was being chased by a police car, flying. Dude crashed the car at the end of the street down at where they were at, right? And so when dude, you know, he jumped out of the car. The police chasing him down. They can't catch him though. He running, but they couldn't catch him. So anyway, when they finally gave up and left, the police been looking for him. They can't find him. They don't know where he's at. We didn't even know where he was at. I'm not anyway. So when he finally comes out, he come out of old lady Miss Johnson's house. In her house, you know what I'm saying, down at the end of the street, he come out of the house eating a chicken sandwich. You know what I'm talking about? And when he was eating a chicken sandwich, he come out there, the police stopped. They, they had stopped to talk to her too, right, before they even gave up the search and asked her, you know, did they see him? Where was he at? She said she didn't know anything. She hadn't seen him. So, when Chris comes out of the house, old lady Johnson, you know, she's sitting down on the porch, rocking in her chair like nothing had happened. That's when I knew that mostly everybody, whether they was affiliated officially or not, in the neighborhood was gangsters, young and old, men and women. They all supported the ideology, that lifestyle. And this is what he grew up in. This is what he's saying to me. This is his environment. So day after day, He's watching these brothers. He's learning. He's communicating the way he's been taught. But he's noticing that, where's the money at? 
Who's getting paid? Who's making money? The, the older people are, the adults are, but the juveniles, the kids, they, they gotta rely on errand money to be able to go do that thing. You know, running errands up and down the street, this, this, and that. But that wasn't in him. He didn't like that. He didn't like to do none of that. So he went back to his pops. And the same deal that him and his pops had before, he wanted it again. So he started buying the pack back from his pops. His pop was cool with it. You know what I'm saying? But Chris, because he had spent so much time consuming himself with learning what the business is, he had stopped going to school. So that avenue of money was gone. But Chris, he's an entrepreneur-minded person. That's how I got to know him. You know what I'm saying? He's really always about the money. So he told me, he said he posted up on this street, ain't nobody on. He posted up. He don't understand what's really going on, how the city's carved up though. But he posted up, he see, a, he see an opening, he posts up. A few days go by, he clocking money. His money going up, his money going up, his money going up. He done made about $3,500. He feeling good about himself. He's thinking he's doing the right thing. Ain't nobody saying nothing, right? Now keep in mind, his father, he the governor, right? He run the whole city. He over everything. You know what I mean? That means he was in control of everything. He was responsible for everything that happened in his area. Right? But Chris was still learning that, how all of that worked. He had learned what it's like to be a gangster, but he really don't understand who's pulling the power, you know, who's, who's, in, who's in charge, who really got the power. But he understood that his father was uh, important, looked up to, but he didn't understand that his pops was running everything. Right? So anyway... He had got a message, right? So he needed to get back to the house. His pops wanted to talk to him, right? So he ran all the way home. And when he got there, you know what I'm saying? His pops told him to sit down, right? While he walked into the room. And when he walked in the room, he returned with two guys, right? They were gangsters, right? And his pops had a baseball bat in his hand looking at him. He said he looked at him. And this is what he said. He said, my pops looked at me. And he said, look here. This is the second time you messed with my money. You know what I mean? He said, what did I tell you I would do to you if you ever stole from me again? He said, I looked at him, and I know that this was about to get ugly, so I said, what are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? He said, have you been posted up on Linux? He's like, yeah, I've been posted up on Linux. He said, nobody's out there. You feel what I'm saying? He said, listen to me. He said, you posting up on Linux is short-stopping my money at my house. It's coming down further on the street. Chris ain't peeping that. He's just trying to get his bread. That's all he's trying to do. But the way they had carved up the city, all the adults, Everybody else got to rely on stuff to fall off the table. That wasn't in his nature. That wasn't in his nature. That's not the Chris that I do. You know what I'm saying? And so I understand what he's saying when he wrote with his left. And he said, look, it's Pop step to him right now. Keep in mind, this is his Pops. This ain't nobody he just met off the streets or anything. This is his Pops. His Pops, his Pops steps. Look here, man. He said, we can handle this one of two ways, right? He said, because I'm assuming that you didn't really know what was going on, right? He said, I'm going to let you slide this time. He said, you give me all the money you made, or you can keep the money and accept a physical violation from these two brothers, right? Now, let me explain something to you. Chris made $3,500 in them few days, right? Now, that part of that money go to his pops, part of that money go to the nation. You feel what I'm saying? The organization, right? Now, he had to give all that up, give it to his pops. His pops didn't want to hear that. His pops didn't want to hear that. He didn't, well, excuse me, Chris don't want to hear that. His pops don't want to hear no excuses. He want his money. But Chris looking at him like, dang. So you're going to let these two grown, he ain't say this now. 
He ain't saying this. This is what he's writing to me. You're going to let these two grown people beat me, or I just got to give you all this money. Now, physical violation, for those of you that don't know, let me tell you what that means. That means he's going into a room with these two grown men, and they finna get it on. I'm talking about anything goes, man. Anything goes. Ain't no running. Ain't no weapons. It's straight knuckles. Straight knuckles. And he's 15 years old. These are grown men seasoned in the streets. Seasoned in the streets. He doesn't stand a chance. So his pops told him, get the money to me, man. So a few days passed by. He get the money. He turned the money over to Pops, you know what I'm saying, and get to him and everything. And then he said, uh, Pops stepped to him and said, okay, everything's straight. So when Chris walked out of the room, he looked at him, looking for any sign that his father would say something that would console him or make him feel better, but he didn't. He didn't say nothing. It was straight, hard, raw street stuff. So in that moment, he says, Chris said, I knew that I didn't have a father. That's how he felt at 15. He was so distanced from him, he couldn't connect to him. And he's like, you know, he had broken the rules, but he didn't really understand what was going on. So why all the threats? Why all the big show in front of everybody? You know, later that night, uh, when he saw his father, his father had the opportunity to say something to him, but he really didn't say anything. And he passed by his pops in the hallway at the house. His pops said, well, you said you wanted to be a gangster. And that's what it was. That's what it was. And he said he knew then at that time he really didn't fully understand what he had accepted, what he had chosen. And that's what I want to make sure a lot of people out there, you need to understand this. A lot of things about the lifestyle on the surface makes you feel like it's good, but it ain't. Underneath it, underneath it is what's really going on. They can't tell you how it really works because you're not a part of it. They're not gonna allow you to see how it really works because you're not a part of it. Because if you knew what it was really about, you wouldn't do it. Nobody would. You know what I'm saying? But his father, you gotta think about it. His father thought he was protecting him. His father thought he was looking out for him, but he wasn't. Chris turned and walked away from him. He was mad, he was hurt, but his father was trying to teach him about this lifestyle that he had chosen. He didn't really understand that, but this is the life that his father grew up in, his mother grew up in, and now he had chosen. Ill-advised, I give you that, but he had chosen it, so his father was giving him the ugliest side of the ugly, so that he would know what he's dealing with, because he's not gonna always be around. This lifestyle is up and down. Anything can go at any time, right? At any time. So Chris, you know, he says in the letter, he said, I continued to hang with my brothers, but I started going back to school. He said, before he really didn't like school, he said, but now I use school to escape and get away from them, the lifestyle. And that's what he liked. You know what I'm saying? Wanted to get away. But that didn't last long. Knock came at his door. Said, Chris, I need you to come out here for a minute. It was his pops. He said he got up and walked down the hallway to the living room. When he got to the living room, it was full of gangsters, except for the two people sitting on the couch. He didn't recognize them at first, but then he kept looking at these people and saying, 
they look familiar to him. You know what I'm saying? And then as soon as he recognized him, he said he lunged at him. Them were the two dudes that were part of him getting shot when he was 12. They had, you know, facial hair now, but he saw it. He saw the look on their face. You know what I'm saying? And he, when he lunged toward them, the folks, they pulled him back. They wouldn't let him get to him. And Pop stood in front of him and said, look here. His Pop's about six feet tall, so he keep, he really can't get around him. He got to look around him and try to see. He said, but his Pop's looked down at him and said, are these the two people that shot you? Chris said, yeah. Yeah, it's them two. So Pop stood there looking at him for a brief moment. Then he said, look. Take them down to the spot. I'll be there in a minute. When he left, moms came to me. And she told me that when I was in the hospital, this is what Chris is saying to me. He said, when I was in the hospital, he said, she said, my, your father blamed himself for your situation. Both of them did. She said, she told him that, you know, the choices that they had made to live this life, it made sense to them before she was pregnant. But after she got pregnant, they both had doubts. And they both tried many times to walk away before he was born, but it was just too dangerous. So they decided to commit and go all in. See, Chris had never heard this before. This made him see his father in a whole new light. This made him understand a little bit about how his father was treating him. Now, this is when it's getting get ugly. She wanted him to understand this because she wanted him to understand that his father was doing what he thought was best to protect him in this life. This lifestyle that he had chosen, this was what he wanted. This was what he had been raised up in because the option for them before he was born and when she was pregnant was too dangerous. The option of walking away. So imagine what they had done before she was pregnant to make it more dangerous to walk away. They knew that they would never be safe outside the business. So they stayed in it. And when they stayed in it, they dominated it. So that night, it was a lot of noise in the house, right? A lot more than usual. You know? So Chris, he said, I came out of the room to see what was going on? He said, I saw my mother and father dressed in all black with AKs in their hands in the hallway. He said, I pulled my parents to the side and I asked, what's going on? And they told me, his pops did anyway. He said, before we killed those two, they told us who uh, made the call to kill you. So tonight was going to be the night that all debts get paid. They were going to go take care of the business tonight. But before they left, they hugged Chris in this group hug. And he said as he stood in the hallway, they were hugging him like that. He couldn't help but feel like, you know, this was going to be something that changed his life forever. He wondered, with that hug, is this what it feels like to be a normal family, sharing and holding and caring for each other? But he didn't know. He knew it, it felt normal to him, it felt real, but he didn't know. He didn't want to let him go. He wanted to keep hugging him. And as they pulled away from him, his pops looked at him and said, man, don't worry, we'll be back in an hour. 
Chris says, I looked at my parents and said, I love you. Now listen, I'm going to wrap this episode up, but I want to say this before I do. You got to understand this lifestyle. And when somebody chooses this lifestyle, like Chris did, even though it was ill-advised, he committed everything that he had to it. And as a juvenile, we don't understand why we make a lot of the decisions that we make. But the decision that he made to be a part of this, I believe, and I'm going to ask Chris about this, and we'll find out in the next episode, that he did it to please his father, to be accepted by his father and the people around him. But that's not who he really was. A lot of times we make decisions for the wrong reasons. And he's a juvenile. He can't process that out. But again, we all make mistakes in our lives. But sometimes these mistakes cost us in ways that, you know, it affects everybody around us. It changes who we are. And we go so far in it and so long in it that we don't even recognize ourselves. And at times, the glimpses of who you really are come out. Like in this episode here, glimpses of who Chris's parents really were came out. His mother let him know something that he had never known about his father. They embraced like a family. But look here, I'm not going to give up too much more. I want you to tune in to the next episode of Rivals. It's coming soon. And I want you to share this episode. Share episode one. Let's get these numbers up on these episodes, y'all. Because this is important. I think people need to understand this lifestyle and how people can get consumed by it. Not bad people, bad lifestyle choices, though. Right? Bad lifestyle choices. This has been another episode of Doing Time with Joe. I'm your host, Joe Baker. I said, peace, y'all. Go in your safe, take your dope out. Now it's a 